You're listening to the Fox in the Phoenix podcast, understanding the feminine cross-dressing experience. I'm Savannah Hawk, dual gender male to female crossdresser, LGBTQ plus advocate, TEDx speaker, and author of the Living with Crossdressing book series. And I'm Julie Rubenstein, proud ally and co-founder of BoxandHanger.com, a feminine styling and life coaching service for cross-dressers and transgender women. Hey, Julie. Hi, Savannah. How are you? I am doing well. I definitely have acquired some of the, the germs that come with the season. So listeners, if I sound a little more nasally mm. than usual, that is why I am nursing a cold, but I am well enough and excited enough to be here and to show up and to provide the best content there is on the Fox and the Phoenix podcast. (laughs) Well, thank you. We did actually talk off air to say if you were up for it, because, you know, there's no podcast without the Fox. Yeah, I'm just saying. So this morning I was at the Starbucks. Um, I did not do a little Savannah because I did a Friday Savannah and trying to do uh, a little shavy shave two times in three days um, really just made my face not like me. So um, I decided not not to do it outright out in the public, but I had pictures from Friday and um, I did dress for you. Yes. Yes. Because I, while I was a little more self-conscious about the shave in public uh, here in the studio, where we are, um, I wanted to do something a little different, um, a little more sassy. I got some black hair. So when you're watching and looking at my Instagram in days to come, you know, you'll see I have a little black happening. So a little, mm-hmm. yeah, it's different. I have it. I don't wear it often, but it is, it looks actually, I'm very happy with it, how it looks on me. I don't know why I usually don't wear it, but so yeah, looks just nice. thank you. So just doing something different. And when I was out in the world in male mode, <laughs> As as happens, um, I am knee deep in uh, like page seventy of the third living with cross dressing book. This is really like a deep dissection of the reasons why we cross dress and giving it a little more clinical approach, gathering all the information of why we do what we do versus just like I'm a cross dresser and really not understand the the premise behind what we do. Hopefully that reads well. It's a little more difficult because it's a little more clinical. But as a result, in uh, previous few weeks, you and I spoke off air about the topic today, which really has to do with books. And before we actually define the topic, I'm going to read something to you. You know, don't tell them, but I'm on a PragerU email subscription, which is a very conservative, getting back to traditional values, university. I don't even know if it's credited. I'm not really sure people would have to look it up themselves. But I received this email about PragerU Kids, and it says, we want to hear from you. Dear parents and educators, what has happened to American schools and children's entertainment? Radical left-wing ideas about gender, race, and anti-Americanism are infiltrating the classroom. Mainstream media networks like Netflix and Cartoon Network have kids shows with transgender characters. Even Disney and PBS Kids have gone woke. Is there anywhere that's still safe for our kids? I got a little link there. It says, our goal at PragerU Kids is to counter leftist lies pervading today's classroom by providing millions of families, just like yours, with edutainment, and in parentheses, it's educational and entertaining content across the K-12th grade spectrum. 
with kids shows, books, and magazines that teach classic American values, PragerU Kids offers content that parents trust and, pe- and children love. Um, and then it goes on and on and on about stuff, about how we, you know, what we're going to pass our values to the next generation and take this quiz. I received that and I was like, what in the F? Yeah. I mean, because that pretty much would counter what I'm writing about in all my books, even in the, you know, the dystopian uh, LGBTQ book that I'm in the middle of editing. What does that say for what I'm trying to put out there? Do I feel I am infiltrating the classrooms? Am I infiltrating kids' entertainment and fiction writing and storytelling? I mean, yeah, I'm telling stories that have a different content set. Is it infiltration? Are we destroying America with our content? I didn't share that with you, but it did actually bring us to the topic today of book banning and trying to get rid of content that's not considered politically correct or morally correct for a certain subsection of American parents and children. Wow. 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 That is a lot to unpack and it's hitting me on many different levels. As someone who is a parent of a soon-to-be 11-year-old who is a ferocious reader, who inhales content at a rapid speed, who is someone that I'm trying to raise in a, quote, woke society, in a world where there is information about all types of people, especially LGBTQIA plus related literacy, there's a lot to that. I come at it as a parent an educator. And I come at it from the perspective of a writer and an advocate for the community as are you. Just the idea we as writers are trying to create inclusive content, content that can reach children that need a voice. Perhaps someone like you that has these beautiful intentions, someone of queer culture, the book that you're putting out there would be stripped from certain states, would be somehow viewed by certain people as, quote, pornography. Yeah, you heard it right, pornography, and stripping pornography from schools, or anything that isn't of a small-minded point of view is just really scary. Yeah, it really is. And unfortunately, in so many different types of literary endeavors, including comic books, children's books. I mean, we're not even talking about classroom texts necessarily, but we're definitely talking about general literature that's available out to the public in many forms and fashions. Libraries. In libraries. Um, you know, even comic books. If you look at the history of comic books, and I'm a huge comic book nerd, hey. Um, <laughs> you know, for so long, it was always white male dominated. In the 30s, 40s, there was a huge influx of female adventurers and superheroes, and they had a huge day coming into the 30s, 40s. And then all of a sudden, the the market for comic books changed where these female adventurers all of a sudden got backseated or sunsetted in favor of very male, white male-centric characters. And it wasn't until like the 60s, 70s, even 80s, that minorities, African-American, female, came into the picture. And the point you had made earlier, there's a need for representation. Mm-hmm. Yes, all these you know, young white boys can see themselves in Peter Parker, the Amazing Spider-Man. 
right? But it wasn't until the recent Miss Marvel that a female Muslim character had her own book. And that opened up a brand new world for all these young Muslim girls and young women to like see somebody of themselves represented in popular culture or in fiction. That's something I think is so, so, so important because while I enjoyed all those things growing up of like, oh my God, I can, I can recognize him. Oh, I have that same problem. Oh, you know, I associate and see my representation in these characters. There are so many cultures that are not represented well or honestly that now we're starting to push that envelope so that people can see themselves in what they read. And I think that is the most important. Is that like we're destroying the fabric of society by having different characters? We're not getting rid of white characters, white male characters, but we are melting that pot even more with diversity. And I don't think there's anything wrong with diversity. Another resource that you and I examined was from CBS News, and the title was Over 1,600 Books Were Banned at the U.S. School Districts in One Year, and the Number is Increasing. Mm-hmm. And then there was a video that talked about a group of teens that started a book club at a library that read different books and talked about the representation and why this is being banned and and what it means if it was taken off of our bookshelves. They also interviewed several people during this video, and that was on CBS.com. It talked about that there's a very significant difference between being uncomfortable and being unsafe. And that is something that's really important. There's this group of mothers that was started at the start of the pandemic. They're trying to ban these kind of books in our school system, in our library, all of Mm -hmm. what we're talking about today. Just the idea, this kind of literature, this kind of information is viewed as pornography, literature, information, connectivity to humanity, Mm -hmm. really. And the idea that, yes, things that are racially charged or things that charge gender norms and depict different types of gender norms and different types of races that makes certain people feel uncomfortable. Yeah. Now I understand banning certain social media platforms, banning certain books, certain TV, all these types of things in your home. I get it. I'm a parent. There are certain concepts and ideas and shows and and just a whole slew of things that as a parent inside the house, I try to filter in terms of what my daughter is exposed to in terms of I try to view at a very, you know, developmentally appropriate lens. Mm -hmm. That being said, we live in a different time. The times are very, very different from how things were five years ago. Children, not only are they getting their periods earlier, they are getting exposed. They are having cell phones. They are living in a world that if you don't provide certain answers or certain informations within a, you know, your, your comfort zone to which you can answer questions and communicate inside the house, they're going to get information outside the house. It's just going to happen. So a lot of this book banning, a lot of this trying to control the narrative, literally, Mm -hmm. (laughs) it comes from a place of fear. And no matter what, children and teens are going to get their hands on this material, no matter what you do, whether they read it online, whether they get it on Amazon. 
no matter how scary these ideas are, these parents are, these groups are, you can't ban the world. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, you raise a good point and I'm going to be devil's advocate for a minute. I don't agree with this, but I agree with what you said, which is as a parent, you do try to filter and censor things coming into the home so that when you are teaching your child and exposing your child to different ideas and concepts, you do it at a pace that is more to what you feel is fit for her, their age or questions they're asking and so forth. Now, you also said you can control what's in your home, but you can't control what's out in the world. You can't control what's online. You can't control uh, what they can find outside of your control, which I'm assuming is what these parents. And again, what is more concerning now, it's not just like individuals saying, I don't want this book. Now it's organizations banding together as a collective and saying, mm-hmm. I want these 1400 books banned or else. And, and, you know, some of it becomes very terrorist centric. You know, there's a lot of intimidation going on for people who work in libraries. I mean, I don't think the chief librarian of a district is, is all that excited to be intimidated by a group of, you know, burly people saying you better ban this or else. People are being intimidated, not because there's value to us being banned or what's being requested to be banned, but because they don't want their children to be able to go out into the world and find this information. So while I can appreciate a parent's like, well, I, I can do whatever I want in the home, but they're still going to expose it in the schools and they're still going to expose it in the library and they're still going to expose it online. You can't censor the world just because you don't want your child to see something doesn't mean you have the right to tell every parent and every child and every teacher and every educator and every librarian what should be available. Even something, Julie, that's probably closer to your heart, there was a comic, uh, a graphic novel, basically a series of novels called Mouse, M-A-U-S. And it was basically cats and mice. And it was really a fictionalized depiction of the Holocaust of World War II. That is a Pulitzer Prize winning novel. And it's also been banned in several places because of the quote unquote, you know, subject matter. Now, is that something we should keep our children from learning about, you know, the Holocaust and the realities of it? I don't think so. I don't think we should be suffered to repeat our history because we don't know our history. I agree. And that is, as someone who is Jewish, that is a very sensitive reality Mm -hmm. for me. The idea around the Holocaust is that we never forget. I think that that's something that growing up, you know, going into my dad's office, there was literally, it looked like he had robbed, you know, Hitler's bookstore because it had so much, there were swastikas everywhere, there were Holocaust books everywhere. And I would just kind of ask him, you know, why do you have all these books? And he said, you know, it, it's something that connects all of us as Jews, no matter what type of Jew you are. And it's so we never forget. That feels like it's in direct alignment with a lot of what we're talking about. Finally, I feel like we're in a place where you have queer representation and closets ripped open and information everywhere and the opportunity for a lot of profound and informative information. You know, Judy Bloom was someone who taught a lot of girls of my generation about sex and masturbation and all these things that are tricky when it comes to being a child of the 80s or 90s, where you don't, and and before I can imagine, where you don't have these 
educated parents, these parents who don't want to be the ones to talk to them about it, about you to their child about what happens for me, when you have your period, it, it, it is, it can be very scary. And I want to provide my daughter with the most information as possible. Here are all the tools, you yeah, know, I'm yeah. here and this is your changing body, but also I depend on resources like the American girl, this is what happens to your body. There's uh, a tween one and then mm. there's an older one. I depend on books like To Kill a Mockingbird for my own understanding and, and historical lens for racism. For my daughters, I want her to be able to have that information. That is one of my most favorite books of all times for so many reasons. And the fact that when I go through this list of literacy that they're trying to ban, some of the most profound classic books that that kind of shaped and redefined my understanding growing up in a very white, cis, church-run, dry, I think it's still dry now, town. And then later having to go to boarding school where there was so just 45 minutes away, there were so many different resources, so many different types of people. When I say there are so many different resources, I mean, there was To Kill a Mockingbird. There was Of Mice and Men. There were the, these books that now the the number of books available has quadrupled. Queer representation, I believe it is necessary to talk about in the schools. But now these scary greater powers that are trying to strip us from all this delicious information we have, they're the ones sending out, do you want your child to be able to attend sex ed or not? And then wondering, okay, what does sex ed look like? Okay, well, we're going to talk about different types of sex. Okay, well, the, the, whoa, whoa, that's too much because that's where it gets into the kinky and that's where I'm not comfortable. There's so much misinformation, but then again, there's so much information. So you have all this kind of vetting process. So who is the, and, and please like write on the comment section below, I will do some research afterwards. Like who is the groups of, of mothers, the groups of authors that are banding together and say, and vetting the information and, and really giving the rest of the world what they deserve and need who aren't this let's ban everything that is queer related. Let's ban everything that is racially inclined. Let's, let's just strip it all. Let's get back to the fundamentals. Yes. Fundamentals. Yeah. (laughs) I was going back to this article that we're talking about. And again, this is the CBS news article. Uh, The title is over 1600 books were banned in U S school districts in one year. And the number is increasing. And I was reading through it. And one thing it says, I quote, the number of books banned in America's school districts is increasing. A news report by Penn America has found between July 2021 and June 2022, books were banned 2,532 times in public schools across the U.S., according to the nonprofit, which works to defend free expression. And as you go down, it says many books, 41%, that were banned include LGBTQ themes, protagonists, or prominent secondary characters. A whopping 40% that were banned included people of color, books with issues of race and racism, 21%, and books with themes of rights and activism, 10%, were also among those banned. About 22% of the books that were banned had sexual content. 
biographies, autobiographies, and stories about religious minorities were also on the list of banned books. They go on to talk about like how Republican state lawmakers are trying to introduce or have introduced bills to ban certain books. One thing I thought was really interesting, they go on to say later in the article, American Library Association, ALA, keeps a record of frequently banned books and some titles are extremely popular, like the Harry Potter series, which was on the top 10 most frequently banned books list in 2019. This series was banned for, quote, referring to magic and witchcraft for containing actual curses and spells and for characters that use nefarious means to attain goals, end quote. I don't think anybody listening would be like, what? Harry Potter was banned? That's absurd. How could they? But yet it happens as innocuous as fictional spellcasting in a book. Patronus! All those things, it just seems so silly. I mean, we watch yeah. the movies, read, read the books. I wasn't like, wow, so witchcraft is real? That's crazy, man. I'm going to start using these spells to, you know, petrify <laughs> my, my co-workers. Um, yeah. Absurd. Absurd. And so it's this kind of thing as something as, I don't know, absurd. <laughs> I'll keep saying it. Uh, as absurd as imaginary and fictitious curses of witchcraft was banned as well as more serious things like race, activism, rights, LGBTQ protagonists. Oh, heaven forbid we have a non-white cis protagonist or secondary character in a book, because God knows that'll be the destruction of the American society in the next 20 years. I don't know. It just feels to me like, especially with the pandemic and like the rise of TikTok and the iPhone and all of that, The fact that kids are reading in general, they're going to the bookstore, they're buying a book, they're going to the library, they're actually touching literature is amazing, Mm -hmm. is amazing because it's kind of edgy right now, man, teens, books and literacy, and we're talking about it and it's like a hot, sexy thing. Ooh, let me get a book and check it out. Yes, I I do recall getting certain books and adding a a homework book over it, you know, (laughs) covering the outside of it. But I I do think that the fact teens are having book clubs to discuss and debate, and I do think that it's going to bring more teens reading books, turning Mm -hmm. pages, you know, Mm -hmm. like Remy as an only child reading books is it's her adventure land. It's her yeah, safe place. Yeah. It's, it's the places that she go. And for the longest time, she was only reading Harry Potter books. She's kind of switched over to Percy Jackson, which is another whole. So have you heard of that? Series? Yes, that's the Olympian series. Yeah, it's a new it's a new turn on. And I had to literally force it on her because she was just <laughs> rebelling against the fact that everyone from her teacher to a couple people like have been. Re- I don't want to read Percy Jackson, Bob. I don't want to. So I ended up just like borrowing a copy from a colleague. Now she's hooked. Now she loves it. But basically, nice, nice, nice. long story short was that I was getting a little agitated at the fact that she was only reading Harry Potter. And then she'd reread a Harry Potter book. And then it would be like, all right, let's finish this thing. So it would just all Harry Potter. And someone said to me, uh, it's probably a year ago or less, said to me, well, at least she's reading. Mm-hmm. And I would refrain from trying to get her not to read Harry Potter or read something else because it may turn her off from reading. Right. Right. And since that moment, I was like, you're so right. You're Mm -hmm. so right. And Harry Potter, aside from the fact 
of how I feel personally about J.K. Rowling and her views Mm -hmm. is a mystical, magical genius of a wonderland. And I think that there is no one out there outside those transgender individuals that want to ban getting people to purchase Harry Potter books with the idea that we're putting money into someone that's openly hating transgender individuals that all that aside that is all Mm -hmm. very important but all that aside if we were just to look at the content and the creative genius and the characters and the storylines that come from that person's mind and creative spirit it's genius i do try to separate again i am not a fan of a lot of authors actors, political or celebrity figures of their politic or their viewpoints in life. But you can't deny, like you said, you can't deny the the epic nature of that series of books. I do try to keep them separate because I do know that Harry Potter in and of itself was a, a massive turning point to get kids to read again and devour literature in that way. And hopefully that was a gateway to, again, all the other novels in that series, plus other things that may come out that they're interested in. Now they are voracious readers, and that's really huge and so important. It's good for education. It's good for their development. And, you know, I've said this before on the show, is that when I read Catcher in the Rye, and that is a book you really should read yeah, like okay. once, a, once a decade, because every time you read it, you're seeing it from a different viewpoint. You know, when you're 16 and you read it, you're like, yeah, Caulfield. F the man. It was so hot to me. Well, hello. Okay, that's a whole other thing. I won't get into that. That's a whole other uh, discussion we'll have. You know, when you read it in your 30s, you're like, man, this kid needs a job. Quit being a louse about it. Every time it means something different to you. But I've said this before, is that there was barely a paragraph that talks about Caulfield looking out, a, I think, a hotel window or an apartment window looking across the, the way to another apartment. And there was a cross-dressing person mm. uh, getting dressed. And for me, that one, that one paragraph, that one inclusion of that character, which is not even secondary, it was just like an add-in. And for me, it was like, oh my God, there's somebody like me. Mm. That's all it needed. I just needed that one paragraph to say, oh my God, somebody wrote this character into this book and it represents me. And that was almost all I needed to be like, oh my God, I, I'm, there's, you know, I'm not a freak. You know, I'm not, not by alone. myself. Yeah. I'm not saying that all literature needs to have it and needs to have these characters, but I think that uh, it's important to have diversity in characters. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think that's important for all people to feel represented. You know, as long as you don't force the narrative of a story where it's like, oh, well, it's really it's really chic right now to add, you know, trans characters. So I'm going to put it in and, and do it an injustice. As long as it makes sense to the story and it's part of the story arc, then I think it's fulfilling. And I think we all need it. So I do oppose all these people who want to ban books because they got their own little worldview and they think that it's the most important worldview. Therefore, every other worldview from every other person doesn't agree with them is wrong. So therefore, we're going to just basically whitewash, scrub away any instance that doesn't go with what I believe in. Whitewashing is the term. I mean, how many of these people that are anti-humanity, basically, how many of these people are white? How many of these people, if they're not white or if they're white, are deeply religious? And have been taught and believe that anything that doesn't follow this very narrow path is 
demonic is mm-hmm. to be removed and that they are doing quote God's work. Mm. How many of these people are transphobic, homophobic, racist? How many of these people are homosexual, but they'll never allow themselves to experience this demonic lifestyle or make these choices and how many people live in towns where the diversity count is very limited Mm -hmm. very limited and for the longest time we have been ruled by that Mm -hmm. and now things are shifting it is true to say that as much as there is growth and advancement and visibility is key there's that much room to push back. There's that much room that when we were waving our flags and making our noises and marching with our pussy hats, there was room for haters to come out of the closet or who were already out and be agitated or have room to hate so ferociously and loudly because maybe it covers up their truth. Or maybe it's just what they feel like it's their proud boy mission to do in life. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so as we think about this topic and its profound effect on the world we live in, it chills me to my bones. <laughs> Let's just say it's scary. And it's something that if you don't fight back on a certain level, if you as youth don't continue to read if you as a human don't continue to research why it is, where this comes from, you know, why this ban is happening, what is so scary, I want to know. Get the book, buy your book, Savannah, and then have a real discussion with yourself and figure out what your truth is. Yeah, I agree. It's very important as we speak to this beautiful, eclectic bunch of listeners we have that very much come from all over with heavy or strong notes of individuals that you and I have spoken to, you in terms of your very own zip code, mm-hmm. you know, that that do live in these states where the banning is happening, where the Americana is high where the idea of make America great again is very much of the tapestry for which you stand so deeply in the closet, you know, mm. shaking in your heels, wondering if anyone's going to find out. And some people, dear listeners, it is a strategy and it is a reflex to want to act as if you are on the other end of the story that where you are. You want to maybe put a Trump poster on your lawn to protect yourself. You want to do things to protect yourself. And that is, I mean, homophobia is culturally the loudest whistleblower of being homosexual that there is. So I just really hope you know that if you're listening to this, try not to be a hater. Try not to put others who are like you in a situation that is threatening because it protects you. Try not to do that. Mm -hmm. But also try not to stand on the sidelines either, because we've seen, again, we talk about history, talk about historical significance. We talked about uh, the graphic novel Mouse and its depiction of the Holocaust. What happened during the 40s in Germany? Book burning. How many? How much book burning did we see in America? 
how many subcommittees of the government tried to say that comic books were the cause of delinquency in our children in these 50s and 60s uh, because there was like werewolves and monsters and, and gore. And that was the reason why everybody was like so terrible and, and you know, morally incorrect. And then you move forward with McCarthyism and blackballing anybody who was a communist because people thought the word communist was a bad thing because it made, made you a Russian sympathizer. And that even now is coming back around where you're a socialist and you're a communist in the last couple of elections where those words still have a lot of strength where it's like, oh, oh, my God, a socialist, a communist. Oh, my God, that I don't want to vote for that person. They're going to, like, you know, destroy America. There's misunderstanding. There's stupidity. There's ignorance. There's just constantly every 10 years, this resurgence of going back to a traditionalist um, isolated America, where supposedly our values were better a hundred years ago than they are now. It's just polarizing. It doesn't bring us together at all. And the fear that people have for what they think we're doing, like having content to point out racism, point out people not being um, okay with gender diversity. That says more about you and that, you know, you, the person who has those views than us, the people trying to fight for our rights. So stand up, be aware. You might not be advocating for like anti-banning, but be aware that these things are happening and be aware that there's more organization behind those bans now than there were 10 years ago. So be aware that there's now an orchestrated effort of different groups trying to take away the literature that we need in order to feel like we, we belong and we're true to ourselves. Just be aware of that and and just don't just try not to let it become the norm where every year that we're constantly getting books banned everywhere. Again, it was a topic that's close to my heart as an author. It's a topic that I think is is close to both of our hearts because we're part of the community and we just want to raise awareness about it. And you know, if there's something you can do or you see it happening in your locality and you see that there's intimidation being done uh, towards your district when it comes to school and libraries you know, maybe there's something you can do, or maybe there's a group you can support that's fighting against this. So I thank you for your time in this one. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, I thank you for your time as well. I think that this is an important topic to be aware of, Mm -hmm. really be aware of and figure out what part you play in the narrative of it all. Yeah, so true. And, you know, maybe it's, researching some of these books that you wish you had when you were a teenager and going down and purchasing them and healing that inner child with the adventure and the representation that they deserve. Absolutely. So on that note, my lovely, beautiful dear in your black wig and gorgeous gothic choker. Uh. Ah! Also, there's some, what else? A bustier. A bustier, and I have my liquid leggings on. And, and some boots. Thigh-high boots. hmm And you have some, uh, what is it, the cat-eye shade. Yep. I'm just, I'm just trying different things and, you know, just playing a little bit. I love playing. Okay. <laughs> Bye for now. Until next time. You can find me on Facebook at Savannah Hawk or at Living With Crossdressing, and on Instagram at Savannah Hawk. Remember, that's H-A-U-K. And to learn more, go to my website, livingwithcrossdressing.com. 
And you can find me on Instagram and Facebook at Fox and Hanger or at Julie MTF Style, as well as on our website at foxandhanger.com. Julie, it's your moment. <gasps> the Fox and the Phoenix podcast uses Anchor, copyright 2022. Yes, nailed it. If you enjoy our content and want to make it easier for others to find us, please share with your friends, tap the subscribe or follow button to the show wherever you're listening, give it a five-star rating, or leave a review. And for show ideas or comments, contact us through the podcast on Facebook at Fox and Phoenix Podcast or on Instagram at the Fox and the Phoenix Podcast underscore.